This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Andy Johani. Andy uh, works for the Diocese of Columbus as the Senior Director for Real Estate. Welcome, Andy. Thank you, Father Adam. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Great to have you. Let's start with a prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we give you thanks um, for this time and for um, all of the wonderful ways that you're working in our lives and, and in the lives of our listeners. We ask, O oh Lord, that you um, help us to be attentive to see um, how you are present and at work around us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Andy, great to have you. Um, Thank you. You know, we normally begin um, conversations on discipleship with you telling us your story of how you came to know the Lord. So would you... Um, yes. Would you care to yeah. share? Thank you. Well... I, I think I can say the the best thing that I did is I picked really great parents. And, uh, so if, if I did anything right, that's what I did. I chose really good parents. Um, I was raised in a really great, loving family. I have a brother and a sister, and um, yeah, my parents are faithful forever. Um, and so I was I came up through Catholic schools up through uh, I went to Watterson up through twelfth grade, and then I went off to college, and promptly lost my faith. You know, like uh, I think a lot of kids do. And so, you know, the work that you and I do uh, with the Newman Center, I think one of the reasons that's been so attractive to me is I'm so um, inspired by the, the faithfulness of the college kids that I run into at the Newman Center because my college experience was, was not that, you know. So um, I, went to, I went to Princeton, and when I got there, I found very quickly that um, a faithful perspective was seen as a lower intellectual perspective. It was dismissed. So if you were having a discussion and uh, there was a, a discussion of a, some transcendent being, the conversation ended. It was, oh, you're doing that. This conversation's over. Mm. And so um, in my four years there, I really learned that, you know, that that was not a reality for me, you know. So, but, so after I got out of school, um, you know, I did all the things that you know, in college that don't lead to a really great, ordered, sober, you know, chaste life. But as soon as I got out of school, I realized that um, it was, when I look at my faith, I, I see God now through the rearview mirror. I'm not virtuous enough to see him through the windshield yet. But I see, when I look back on my life, I see the places, there were like punctuated places in my life where I can look back and see God really acting in my life. And so like the day I got home from college, went to a, we had a, a party, it was a weekend party, and I came home the next day, and I, I realized it was, I had fun, but it seemed fake. Mm -hmm. And right there, like it was the day after I got home from college, I realized I wanted to know what's true. And I think that was God hanging on to me. And shortly after that, I also, I, 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 I made this prayer that uh, if there was, at the time, it was as much as I could pray, my prayer was, God, I can't see you. I can't sense you. I don't, you know, but keep me open to you. And that was like, that was a stretch for me at that point. But looking back on it, mm. it was a really powerful prayer. And um, so my faith life isn't me so much seeking God, looking in the rearview mirror. I'm, it's so clear to me that he's been after me all along and never let me go. Mm. 
And that prayer of being open was the door that he used to, to really gain access to my heart. And he's been faithful to me all along. So, um, that's... In, in those college years, let me ask you a question, you know, not to interrupt you too yeah. much and as, as you unfold this, but, you know, was there something missing from your Catholic upbringing, um, you know, in a very good Catholic upbringing and Catholic yeah. education that, um, that may, you know, something missing that, op- you know, maybe led you to fall from the faith in college? Yeah, I think, so I, I'm hesitant, I'm hesitant to like cast blame on my yeah. family or my, you know, my Catholic school or any of the other stuff. So I also understand that it's my participation in that. But I don't, you know, looking back, I, I knew about God. I didn't know God. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus that, you know, was, was alive in me. I also don't, I look back now and realized I was not seeking virtue. That was not a goal that I had in my heart or my head when I went away to school. So I, however that happened, my, mm-hmm. my, my choices, the way I was at that time. But I think those two things that are the things that I see uh, in the college kids, you know, through Focus and SPO in the Newman Center, who are really faithful, mm-hmm. that they are experiencing that I didn't have in my life at that time. Mm-hmm. So after you graduate, um, you come back here yes. to Columbus. Yes, yeah, came back to Columbus. And where, where were you at in your faith there? Well, that was the uh, prayer to be open. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, what happened then, I think, is God started building a scaffolding around me that I didn't see. Right. Uh, I, I tell people he snuck up on me. So things came into my life. Um, oh, well, one of the best things is I ended up marrying my best friend from college who managed to get through Princeton with her faith intact and has always been a really faithful person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our relationship right out of college when we got married a couple years after college and um we didn't start dating until after we got out of school, which I think was also God protecting us because I was not in a place to really honor her at that mm-hmm. point. Um, so, and, you know, we got married and started having kids. I think the biggest punctuation, I, I was talking about these punctuated times where I can look back, um, when our second oldest was two years old, was developed cancer. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those clear times, you know, those, those times in your life are really where I think maybe you were more open to God's presence in your life. And he came storming in. And it, but he came storming in a way that I could receive him. Again, I wasn't, you know, I was still trying to be open, but I really wasn't ready for him crashing in. So, again, the scaffolding he built around me were these, these friends and family that uh, when the rug got pulled out underneath me, I mm-hmm. went to fall. And God had put all these holy people in my life that prevented us from falling. You know, so... Um, at a friend who I, I like to say, God put him across the street from us. Um, long enough for him and I to build a trusting relationship. He was a, a Protestant minister, hmm. and um, put him in across the street from us, uh, so that when Katie got sick, he was part of my scaffolding. Hmm. And the night before Katie's surgery, he came to visit me at the hospital, and we were talking. He said, "By the way, here I made you a Bible study." He said, "You're not going to be asleep in the night anyway, so you might as well be reading the Bible." Hmm. And it, and in that story, I, um, I think that's the first time I realized that Jesus was real and he wanted a relationship with me and he was here for me and my family. Mm. Um, so, and then after, you know, uh, Katie had surgery, we, you know, she had a 20% chance to make it to age three. She was two and God's blessed, blessed her with healing at that moment. Um, 
but you know, six, eight months later, Jerry and his family, my Protestant friend across the street, God was done with him at that point. He moved on to, he mm. moved out of town, right? So God brought him in long enough to be really impactful in my life. And then, you know, he was able to go on and serve Lord somewhere else. You know, it's like, I know that's maybe not the way God works, but you know, that's kind of how I see God sneaking up on me, providing me what I needed for faith at that moment. Um, it's like um, in the Acts of the Apostles, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, where oh, you know right. Philip's alongside, you know, and then all of a sudden the Lord takes Philip away right after the eunuch's converted. Yeah, so. there you go. Oh, I never thought about that. I'll have to share that with Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then um, you um, continue, you know, kind of continue to grow in the faith. Yeah. So about that time, I made a deal with Jesus. I had all these fa- all these all these doubts, all mm-hmm. these questions I had, and I never really dealt with them. And so I I kind of tongue in cheek made a deal with Jesus. Okay, Jesus, I'm gonna make I'm gonna write down all my questions, and all I need if I can prove one of these truths of the Catholic Church to be wrong, I get to go out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gone. And um, and what that really did is it spurred my curiosity about these things. So I started diving into them, and all along the way I kept finding them to be true. Right. I mean, I really went after it. I, I wanted out mm. and I still, um, I still, so I do, I do prison ministry now. And I tell the guys now, I said, look, I'm still looking for an out, right? If I can find one of these things that's wrong, I get to go. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's now 35 years later and it's, it's the truth of it. And the beauty of the church keeps unfolding before me. And, uh, and so, but I, I use that as a challenge for the guys to dive in, mm. you know, the guys in prison dig in, you know, if you've got questions, to me, what I see now is my questioning time is where Jesus blew through that and, and took me to another level of faith. So, um, but that was that, that my curiosity and, um, and that, you know, desire to know is really what pulled me forward. And, and that's, that's kind of where I've been living for the last 30 years. And that, years. that wrestling for understanding is so key. But I think it sounds like from your experience that the encounter with Christ really has to precipitate that. I think, because, you know, we, you know, we, once we discover the importance of Christ and who he is, then the next logical question has to be, um, why the church, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and that usually is, you know, our kind of wrestling for understanding is, is ultimately it's the question is how, you know, how is Christ still at work? And is he still at work through the church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, the fact that I was raised in a Catholic family, I had that in me. Mm-hmm. And so um, I couldn't cast it off, right? It was, it, was, it was part of my identity and how I was raised and the people who I, who I knew and trusted. So before I could do anything, I had to like get past that, if you will. If I mm-hmm. wanted to leave, I had to, get, I had to first leave the Catholic church, right? And I never got, I never, I could never find the door. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so it was, it was part of my, my Catholic, it was part of my family, part of my upbringing. So that, you know, I, I think about that with my own kids now, you know, are they going to stay? Are they going to go? The best I can do is make that part of them. And then at some point they have to make that decision for themselves. Right. But, you know, as, as parents, we can, we can help them understand that. So, I mean, as a pessimist, you can say, oh, at least they have to get over that hurdle before they can mm-hmm. leave. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Andy. You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. Until next time, peace and all good. A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.